Hello and welcome to the HBO Boys podcast. Today we are discussing Succession, Season 4, Episode 4, Honeymoon States. Within, Hugo is blatantly insider trading, which is illegal as shit. Marcia is back, and don't worry everyone, she's still an asshole. Greg is flailing like a wacky waving inflatable arm waving tube man. The Sibs continue to bond, uh, you know, until their inevitable fight over a piece of paper that had Ken's name on it. And we will discuss in depth whether it was a underline or a cross out, because it matters to me, not so much uh, Kendall. Carl roasts Tom on a skillet, like an onion volcano at a hibachi grill. Tom gets fucking torched this episode. Steven Root's there for some reason. And we have two new CEOs at Waystar Royco minus one Sib who is both pregnant and falling down shit, which is not the best combination. Uh, I'm Ryan, and with me here is Justin. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello again. Okay, cool. So after last week, which we both regarded as like a top 10 episode of not just succession, but television Mm -hmm. ever. Hmm. I was a little worried going into this episode. Uh, maybe it wouldn't live up to last week. Uh, what could, I think, was my main concern. And we also discussed last week how another one of our main concerns about this season was just it's been so good for so long. This is its final season. And the term we are, keep using is will it land the plane? Uh, will it jump the shark? Whatever you want to say. Will it suck? At the end. And after last week, we both sort of said, okay, there's a very good chance it doesn't suck. And uh, coming into this episode, I, I, I knew it was going to be good. I didn't think that it was just going to nosedive into the goddamn ether. But thankfully, we got sort of a bottle episode where there's storyline upon storyline and we are in one room. Uh, well, one house, one gigantic house, uh, once Logan Roy and Marcia's house. But, you know, Logan's dead now. Uh, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch last episode, that'd be weird for you to be listening to this. Imagine someone literally starts this podcast. Episode yeah. four of season four. Like, come on. That's your mistake. It's your fault, dude. Get, get with the program. Get with it. That's not on us. Yelling at our audience, a uh, really on-brand maneuver for the HBO boys. So yeah, let's get into this episode, because a lot happened slash a lot is said. There was an amount of dialogue this episode that I think rivals any other uh, hour-long show ever put on television, because they just keep on talking. So let's start with Shiv and Tom. Before she heads to the wake, which is what this episode uh, mainly is we see Shiv get good news from her doctor. Her pregnancy is doing just fine. We estimate that she's around 16 weeks and uh, it's not made clear who the father is, although it would make the most sense for it to be Tom's and for that pregnancy to have started uh, in Italy before they broke up. And uh, no one knows that Shiv is pregnant, especially Tom. Are we sure it's his, though? No. I think that's what they are hoping we are asking ourselves the entire time. Uh, They did a damn good job at putting that seed in my skull, I'll tell you that much. Right. It's a mystery. And 
it's always good to have uh, a mystery laid atop some things that are very obviously happening. Because that was like the mantra of this episode, where sure, there are mysteries for the future, but what happened here is pretty concrete and just down the center. Tom is trying to figure out what horse to back, very much like Greg, but on sort of a higher level. And uh, he, like I said in the intro, just spends this episode getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah, like like verbally jumped by like the entire cast. <laughs> Carl! Carl is the one who rips him to shreds at some point when Tom throws his hat in the ring for maybe I should be CEO. Carl actually had one of his best episodes to date because Jerry, Frank, and Carl have a lot to do with this episode because we are upcoming on a board vote for who the new CEO is going to be. And all of them are ebbing and flowing between corporate speak, passive aggression, and just outright saying what they want. Logan, the guy who always said what he wants uh, and didn't know passive aggression if he was staring it in the face because he's so akin to pure aggression, is gone. So it's sort of left this void for someone who is ultra assertive and takes what they want. And this episode, I think, was mainly there to see who was going to not win in the end, but at the very least, who was going to assert themselves more so than anyone else and willing to take the risk of saying, this is exactly what I want, now give it to me. Yeah, the, the conversation between uh, Jerry, Carl, and Frank was like a perfect, perfect encapsulation of four seasons of these characters just being the most spineless pieces of shit. And these, they're just like parasitic to the entire company because in the essence of the conversation being, all right, some one of us is probably should step up and do the CEO thing, they all just like resort to like corporate slander and corporate jargon about like, oh, well, Jerry did a really good job in the interim process. But, mm, you know, I, I think Carl would have a better upside. We look at it from like a 30,000 feet foot view. Yeah. Uh, we look at synergies and like they just went on like a tour without any of them saying like, yo, like, bitch, I want this. <laughs> on top of all of this, Marcia is back. In fact, we were watching... Uh, this episode and Sam looked at me and was like, I feel like we haven't seen Marcia in a while. Then we looked back at the screen and she was there and uh, <laughs> like out of off the goddamn ropes. Marcia is back. In fact, she might be one of the only people who knows Shiv is pregnant or at least tried to clock it. There was a part in the episode where she was staring Shiv in the eyes while she came down the stairs, looked to her stomach and then looked back up. So I think they tried to give us an indication that perhaps Marcia has a, a sixth sense, if you will, and, and might know what's going on there. For such like a side, no, I mean, she's part of the main cast for sure. But uh, I audibly, when they showed Marcia on screen, I went, <gasps> Marcia, <laughs> like I, I, com I, yeah. thought, I thought they just wrote her off like the actor. They couldn't figure out like a deal with the actress and just decided to like throw her aside in favor of Carrie being like the new arm candy for Logan or whatever. But I was like almost, I was pretty shocked when I saw her cause I didn't realize that it was going to be 
a thing where it wasn't them just writing somebody they couldn't find an agreement with monetarily in the real world to get an actress to come back with. Yeah, I mean, they had a one-off line in the first episode that we discussed where they did write her off. Right. Once again, sort of just tricking the audience to write her off in their head. So when she came back, and she had not been around for long enough that maybe you forgot who this person is, But she is opportunistic, if nothing else, and she understands the void we were talking about earlier, where now that Logan is gone, this is all a power play. All of them are trying to grab at power, and she is absolutely included in that conversation. She says that she and Logan still spoke multiple times. Uh, She said that to Kendall. And uh, including infinite or intimately every evening. Yeah, I was about to say, do you think that's horseshit? Do you oh, think? Absolute. No, no chance. Zero percent. It, it's like a it's a desperate grab to I, I don't even she knows the game. So I don't I think she's just, just like a position she has to take. But the, the kids all know everyone knows what the deal was. Carrie was constantly around. So that's like her almost thing where she, if she says it enough, she's hoping that people will just like. Be like, all right, whatever. Sure, you you talked intimately every night. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Roger that. <laughs> yeah. When Kendall finds Shiv and Roman, he brings up where Carrie is. And Roman says, probably in Marcia's trunk, inside an anaconda, inside a sarcophagus. So, Roman, uh, as always, with the wonderful one-liners. But that does... You know, bring up that uh, Carrie has been able to just kind of do whatever she wanted in Marcia's absence. And now that Marcia is back, it's most likely bad news for Carrie. And we get that paid off immediately in this episode when Carrie shows up uninvited and obviously unwelcome. Roman tries to intervene as Marcia kicks her out while uh, Carrie tries to go upstairs and get some of her things that Marcia now says is already in a bag. And she has Colin team push Carrie out the back door while Roman looks at Marcia and is like, was that necessary? How much you were a bitch just then? And Marcia is like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like almost just hit, hit him with the mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely heartless. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And for like, I'm just not like a big fan of Carrie's character as a whole. Like, I, I get the the point of her but that scene as well as i think we spoke about it uh, last episode with not really knowing where carrie's emotions lie i guess you could say her actress bumped it up to twelve thousand yeah. in that sequence too because she was just like disheveled i was that was that was believable <laughs> it was and it, it yeah it seemed like that was how she was really feeling uh we don't know the extent to her trying to uh, like just ability to deceive but it doesn't matter because marcy is back and the alpha has arrived and carrie can get the fuck out for all she's concerned and then she does well not before saying i don't know if it'll be a a plot point later on or if it's just a move of desperation but she did mention that she said that logan was talking to her about them getting married so i don't know if that was just like a grasp at straws or if that's gonna have any kind of uh, uh, play through later on in the season. Who knows? Yeah, that seems like a version of Marcia saying they were talking every night. Yeah, <laughs> we were really close. Really, just the closest of 
intimate partners yes yes that's the one right except for one out of the two of them has uh private security so (laughs) so marcia wins rock paper scissor yeah and uh but it's like rock scissor 800 rocks that marcia (laughs) has that was all thrown at carrie all at once Yep. So the classic game of rock, paper, carry loses. <laughs> right. One of those classic games. And we then come to our three siblings. They're reading through Logan's obituaries, uh, realizing that they don't recognize the man being remembered as their father. Connor even joins for a little while, and they all discuss their very complicated feelings on their father's death with uh, some time to think it over. All of their reactions are slightly different. Shiv is still pretty disheveled, but coping. Kendall is highly disheveled, didn't sleep last night, is really going through it. And Roman seems to be completely disassociating from all of this, uh, even saying that I'm sure it will hit me like a truck someday, but it just hasn't yet. The the pre-grieved Fuck it. I, I audibly cracked up. He's yeah. like, I, I think I've already, you know, prepared for this moment so much that it's like, I think I'm, I pre-grieved. I was like, Jesus, this dude is, yeah. is broken, man. What a, what a broken human being. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. It's great uh, for television. I'd love That's to watch it. it, but I would hate to know that guy, man. Holy crap. All three are intently focused on the upcoming sale. The Swede calls Roman. And he just lets it ring through, which uh, Matson sort of tracks as a power move when, in fact, they weren't really power moving him. They were mostly just, we haven't talked yet and we don't know what to say to this man. It was more ineptitude than a power move. And but that's bad because this sale is coming up very, very soon. And as we will see in this episode, Kendall and Roman will end up being lifted up to co-CEOs, leaving Shiv on the side. And now they have an angry Matson to deal with in the upcoming episodes. And while they are successfully filling in the void of power for Logan, they still aren't Logan. And Matson has shown himself to be a wily negotiator with all the leverage. And it just spells doom to me for their upcoming conversation with him. Like, I just don't see a scenario. There's only one scenario that we'll discuss in the future where Matson just doesn't trample all over them. Just because, as we've said, they've really never showed many aspects of being good at their jobs. And Madsen is. So, going to be a goddamn bloodbath, probably. And the worst part for them, too, is Matson as like a human being is just detached from any like semblance of empathy, I guess yeah. would be the best way to describe it. Like the first, I think it was like maybe the second or third question he had for them was, when do you think your dad's going to die? Like as if it was like a normal business conversation. Right. So, it's, it's just a bunch of broken babies dealing with a sociopath. Like it's just not equal. It's like the the worst possible fucking scenario in the entire world for these two. <laughs> Which, by the way, Jerry, Carl, and Frank called. They, If one of them were made CEO, mainly Frank or Jerry, they might have had a better time negotiating with Matson. But that's just not how it was ever going to go down 
uh, by the time we got to the end of this episode, where, as I said, Roman and Kendall are now co-CEOs, sort of leaving Shiv in the dust. And she makes them promise, quote, on yesterday, unquote, a a day that uh, they all seem to treat as a turning point in their relationship, where they won't leave her behind. And immediately I was like, they're leaving her behind for sure. Oh, no, it, it's, there was the moment too is almost watching her deliver the line. You could even like see it in her eyes that she's like saying it, but she knows in her soul of souls that like the nanosecond that they have the opportunity to leave her behind, they're going to do so immediately. We've discussed Carl, Frank and Jerry a bit here uh, and sort of pre-crowned just by the fact that we know the ending of the episode, Roman and Kendall. But it was not that way for three-fourths of the episode. We had to get there. And on the way, Tom suggests to them that the siblings are screw-ups and dipshits. Carl says they are not constitutionally well-equipped at this moment to take on the role. Again, with the (laughs) just best corporate jargon ever put on television. They sort of take turns ripping each other apart as to their pros and cons of being a leader. uh, And... As we already said, none of them really assert themselves, allowing all of three of them to be pushed to the side by the end. But no one gets ripped apart more than Tom, who, again, sort of warily offers himself. He says multiple times this episode, I am here to serve. And if serving as the CEO is what you thought guys think is best, then then I am here. And then Carl tells him the negative version of the narrative, which is you're a clumsy interloper and no one trusts you. The only guy pulling for you is dead. And now you're married to the ex-boss's daughter and she doesn't even like you. And uh, you are a fair and squarely fucked in this situation. At which Tom is like, Jesus Christ. What? (laughs) Okay. You could have just said no. The buildup to that line delivery too is fucking amazing for Carl. Because he keeps going now. Okay. So like, what people are going to say, you know, like, right, not me, not me. So I'm not saying this right now. So what if what I could see is if you put your hat in the ring, what other people are going to say, others might possibly say is you're a fucking idiot. So get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) Yeah. And it just shows another version of all of these people uh, without Logan being there. Caveat every sentence. They put a shield up. Uh, that shield guarding their ego and their job security with every new syllable. (laughs) And that is all once again complicated by a piece of paper. Up in the library, Frank and Carl find a piece of paper in Logan's safe. It includes a note Logan wrote at some point saying that he would like Kendall to take over the company. But it stands to reason that this note was written maybe four years ago. Also, this note is not legally binding, and they make it very clear multiple times that the board still has to choose who's going to be the CEO. Frank, Carl, and Jerry discuss flushing the piece of paper down the toilet, which, (laughs) again, uh, the quote from that conversation that I think was best was, what if your hand gets a little wobbly and a draft takes it away and it gets flushed down a toilet by mistake? Which, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. (laughs) It's a joke, but... Uh, and Carl comes back with, of course, you're speculating in a comic mode. Yes, in a <laughs> humorous vein. That Oh, my God. And the way that they delivered that whole sequence was uh, Frank finding it, 
him delivering, I think it was to Carl first, mm-hmm. and then they deliver the news to Jerry. So it was like a, a, a great uh, upping of the ante, I guess, each scene. But just the, just the way like, oh, it would be. So what, a, what a funny joke, right? Ready ready for this? Uh, we delete the evidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, the humor is so good. <laughs> We're all very funny. We're all very corporately funny, dude. And by the way, Logan would have flushed that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Without a second thought. Nope, he would have just burnt it, burnt it, al- burnt it alive. <laughs> and they don't. They show the kids. They wuss out and do what they know would lead to a, a a version of the future where they probably aren't in charge. And they show to the siblings. And Kendall is immediately enamored. He is with the siblings 100% right up until a moment where he learns that daddy wrote his name on a unbinding, unlegal is not a word, not legal piece of paper. But also on this uh, unbinding, unlegal piece of paper, Kendall's name was either underlined or crossed out, which is a point of contention. What do you think it was, Justin? Uh, I don't... It's... It's tough. So just to confirm that the entire document is not legally binding because it wasn't authorized in his will. Right. It was never shown to a lawyer once. Right. So the whole thing is not legally binding to begin with. But the the portion, again, the writing in this fucking show, dude, is so good because they the fact that like the Kendall of his name is underlined and then it kind of swoops up into the last name being crossed off is just like this perfect ambiguous happening where there's so much room to interpret and you don't know what character is going to do and each character can take it a different way and they could side with a different faction that believes it was crossed off and the other ones can believe it was underlined um i don't know it looked it i'm i'm gonna go with it was underlined based off of how it started because we write from left to right so if it starts underneath and swoops up that's like I mean, when I write, I'm not, I can barely read. So it's there. It's all over Understood. the place. <laughs> That's so true. That's canon. Oh yeah. Canon now. Uh, it's in the lore of uh, HBO <laughs> boys. Here we go. <laughs> it, it is uh, a vast <laughs> and never ending lore. So. Hell yeah. Thank God nobody watches this, right, dude? <laughs> nah, not one person. Sweet. We're screaming into a void. This is fun. Um, so yeah. So the Kendall portion of it being the first word you're reading, you read left to right. I'm saying it. I'm, go- I'm on the camp that it's underlined and it was just kind of sloppily underlined. I'm in the camp that it's crossed out. Ooh. I think it was very obviously crossed out. I think just because of Logan's vibes. And I think that is dramatically more interesting that all of these wusses who just will not propel themselves upward without a uh, caveat on a sentence, including Kendall, who is reinvigorated against the entire world by his name being on a rando piece of paper in a safe and for the idea for it being crossed out so that it doesn't even matter, but it gave him so much of a power trip so quickly, I think is very interesting on the same piece of paper, by the way, is the name Greg question mark with the question mark. too. (laughs) What do we even do with this kid? And he's like, I'm there. Nonetheless, (laughs) (laughs) still there. Still I'm present. I think it's, it's, it's hard because the the whole piece of paper is not legally binding to begin with. 
obviously it was drafted with the intent of bringing it to the lawyer and getting it authorized or certified or what have you. But um, I don't, I don't know. know. I think What's it might have been drafted just to fuck with people. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is Logan. It is Logan Roy. Uh, I say, what's on the original document? So if this is going to be an addendum or an alteration of the will, what is the current will? Like, because if 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 Kendall gets added because it's an addition to or an edit to the existing will, is is anyone on the 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 whole regular will? Like, yeah, what? it comes out that on that. Logan's actual will, it's a deathmatch scenario where everyone <laughs> must like pick up a sickle or scythe and go at each other, and last one living is uh, the new CEO. Now that's a show, not this right? show particularly, but a show I would watch nonetheless. Yeah, they get everyone into the room. The document reads, get these people into the room to read the final will and testament. And the second you open the envelope, all the doors lock, yep. weapons drop from the ceiling. Yep, Colin <laughs> locks the door behind. Marcia, without even thinking about it, picks up an AK-47 and just starts doing twirlies. <laughs> uh, the ultimate battle royale, dude. Yeah. Carrie, knifing people. Ugh. Yeah, she looks like she's from a thriller too. Like she'd just be yeah. crying, laughing, and stabbing at the same time. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. Uh, a few quick hits from this episode that we didn't cover before we get to the ending. Connor reaches an oral agreement with Marcia in about 20 seconds to buy Logan's apartment for $63 million. Oh, God. The fact that that amount is just being thrown around is insane. The fact that he didn't run that by his new wife also insane. We also learned that uh, their honeymoon will be taking part in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And Willa said, yes, those are the honeymoon states. Ha 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 Obviously, it's part of his ongoing campaign to hopefully be president. We like fingers crossed. Also, Hugo at the beginning of this episode confesses to Kendall that he accidentally leaked to his daughter that Logan had died and accidentally she sold her Waystar stock and accidentally that was illegal. Uh, yeah, just on a, the main fact that there is a specific stipulation in the law yep. that uh, forbids that exact activity yeah. to having been happened. Martha Stewart went to jail for this shit. If I, I mean, Hugo is obviously panicking, but like, if you know that situation's happening, you can't tell anybody, especially not the fucking family, dude. Oh my God. Yeah, he is again just trying to put up a shield, uh, saying to them that I'm worth it. And Kendall just goes like, oh, Hugo, <laughs> you're fucked. You're fucked, bud. At some point, they discuss Logan's art investments. Apparently, he has three Gauguins, which I don't know are, but those sound expensive. And uh, it is suggested that they stay in the vault so they can't be taxed while Shiv says, fuck it. Why not just burn them for the insurance? And Carl is like, that would be positive. And financially speaking. Uh, corporate Carl strikes again. Yeah. We get one scene where Frank consoles Kendall, said that Logan was an old bastard, but he loved you, which I think was decently clear by Logan telling them, I love you. Granted, <laughs> there was a but after that. I mean, Still, he said though. the words. The words yeah. were said. It doesn't get clearer than that. Just kind of, you know, put yourself in, in Greg's shoes here. But he said it nonetheless. 
Sandy Furness is also in this building. Stephen Root is too, just doing like a random speech in the middle of it, just sort of showing that people are coming out of the woodwork. Uh, again, the void of Logan sort of attracts all of the insects to this one place at this one time. Sandy is there. He is asked by Kendall to back him. Sandy says, I think what most people would say in this instance, if they were trying to gain something and not just trying to make their friend feel better, which is what's in it for me. And Kendall's like, I don't know, helping your helping your guy out. And Sandy's <laughs> like, oh, God, this is, that's not what's great for me personally. But OK, fine. Yeah, he was uh, he was mega disappointed that that proposal didn't come with like a freaking four blocker of information as to why it would be beneficial for him to to back him we also get the guy who is um i believe on the board and in a wheelchair now permanently smiling uh it is said that his face is just like that now it's uh, definitely not it's definitely not he's just very happy logan is dead essentially there could have been no greater gift on earth to give to him than him <laughs> yeah he can die logan. happy now Exactly. And homie Logan in hell. <laughs> and then we get an absolutely killer ending with Kendall reversing course on how the communication team should spin their relationship with their now past father. It was run by the new CEOs, Roman and Kendall. Like, hey, do we say that Logan was a puppet master? You guys were really pulling the strings and he has sort of been off his rocker for a while to sort of elevate you immediately into a power position to the public? Or, you know, do we say that this is a Titan lost and sort of talk about Logan with some reverie? At which point Roman's like, never say that shit again about our dead father. Get the fuck out of the room. How dare you? And Kendall backs him up on that, but then immediately turns around, goes up to a Hugo who he's now basically blackmailing because Hugo, you did this to yourself and you told Kendall that you're insider trading and says, I want you on the low to come up with that other option. Show me what that looks like. And he uh, then walks away and looks at a cell phone photo of his name on his dad's piece of paper that he took a picture of, which is fucking desperate. <laughs> it's like just the corniest shit I've ever seen, dude. Like he is just, I wouldn't be surprised if he jerks off to that photo. Yeah, 100%. no, 0% <laughs> surprise at that fact that's definitely going to happen. And this moment is complicated because Kendall is basically saying to hell with what Roman wants. This is the strong play. This is the ruthless play to say that our father is gone. He was senile anyway. Don't worry about that old dead fuck. We are here now and we are going to do right by Waystar Royco and ourselves, which when Roman and Shiv find out, they're going to be pretty pissed. Just but at the same time, Kendall says, that's what Logan would do. He's not wrong. He's no, not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong at all. And I think the show is trying to sell us a lot of the time that, quote, what Logan would do, unquote, is the right thing to do in many scenarios. Uh, like if your goal was to grab at power and keep it and just because, you know, Logan did what Logan did for a very long time and scoreboard like <laughs> it worked out for him. 
And so is this Kendall ascending to a place where he is willing to throw away all relationships for power? Does he believe that that's what his father would have wanted for him? Does he believe that that's what his father was trying to force him to do all of these years? Because in Logan's mind, and now perhaps in Kendall's, that is the only way to succeed. Yeah, to succeed. And I mentioned earlier that there might be only one version of talking to Matson that works out where the side with no leverage and the side that really needs this to happen, which is the siblings, Waystar Royko, that they have any shot of overlapping Matson's confidence and ability. And I think the only version of that is if Kendall comes in swinging. And is willing to throw it all away, is willing to burn the world down to the point where Matson's like, whoa, okie doke. Yeah, sure. Whatever you said. This guy fucks. Yeah, this guy fucks, dude. (laughs) And I don't know which one's going to happen, but I'm excited to see how it goes, especially when Roman's standing next to a Kendall doing that, being like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I... It, it was exciting at the end of the episode, too, because I think we both literally, like, <laughs> looked at each other and both shouted, like, oh, my God, he is his father's son. Like, to a T, that's Logan right there. And I get excited and I, I just hope that for Kendall. But, I mean, season two and three, like, the entire time he's been trying to fuck over and supplant the father and just has been incompetent at it. So, it's kind of one of those scenarios where, okay, it looks like he's going to, you know, fire up. He's getting... He's getting all amped and he's going to go after it and he's going to be cutthroat. He's going to blackmail people and he's going to do it and he's going to show everyone who he is. But we have three previous seasons showing that he just fucking can't do it, man. (laughs) No, he's never been able. Do you think this season ends with Kendall severing all of his personal relationships, including his siblings, pushing everybody away and becoming the monster that his dad has always wanted him to be? Or do you think he'll fail? I, I 110% think he's going to fail. And I think Matson's going to take like some kind of hostile control. The entire family is going to lose everything that they've ever had. And it's going to be a giant metaphor about how tech took over old news. Sure. I, mean, I think that's, that's the, the happier ending though. <laughs> sure, I guess. It is the happier ending because in that ending, I think the siblings all still like each other at the end. Which to me is the heart thermometer on... <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the heart thermometer on is this show going to have a, a sad ending or a happy ending? I think the sad ending is the one I described for Kendall, where he's the only one who's happy, but still on the inside, he hates himself. And just like a thin veneer of, I have conquered the world, but at what cost? And uh, everybody hating him, but to the outside world, it being whatever he's done a success and imminent failure like he's done over and over and over again is the version where the last scene is the siblings sitting in a room and are perhaps poor but happier for it and obviously like those are not the only two options but they seem like the most likely probable yeah i I can see two branching paths coming from both of those but more specifically what are those branching paths i i I want to know so the branching path off of kendall succeeds i'm thinking just like metaphorically because hbo can't help themselves with metaphors a lot of the time Uh, of course of course of course something is gonna happen metaphorically to wrap this show with a bow (laughs) but 
what you just said made me sweep in another direction as an ending. I'd like to see is where Kendall fucks over his entire family. He severs all ties. The siblings hate him. Everyone he's currently working with hates him. And he successfully does the deal with Matson, sells his stuff off and then becomes the owner of, I think they're sweeping off ATN and um, Pierce to go do their own thing. He will then own those programs and it will be kind of like um, how Ewan and Logan relationship was where we start off the show mm-hmm. where this long lost brother fucking hates his brother doesn't want to talk to him yada yada and it's almost going to end as if this is the beginning of uh kendall's arc becoming logan like this this had to have happened he had to have fucked over everything he had to have gone through everything he had to do and i think the lashes on uh logan's back were an indication that he obviously had a rough upbringing or sure. just a rough life in general so it almost will you know like the final sequence will be even kendall sitting in the chair of the owner of whatever he's doing and a long panning shot out where you're like that kind of sucks for him though right yeah. like, <laughs> right he's alone He's completely alone, but he won. You know what I mean? And that's, yes, that's what I, Logan's life was. I see a version of that as well, where like the end is Kendall being stern, mean, and vindictive towards his own son. Like the cycle continues yep. and saying like that, this is how you win. Uh, like his son comes home, he was bullied and he, he says like, you have to fight back. I spent so many years not fighting back. And now that I'm in this position of power, it was obviously incorrect and you can't be a wuss forever. Get back out there, like starting to give his son his own metaphorical lashes. Right. And then next scene, Roman and Shiv talking somewhere, uh, happy with each other, but trying to figure out what the rest of their lives look like now. And Kendall sitting alone in a room. Yep. So, and yeah, is that a good ending? I think I, I like that. I like that. It would land the plane, so to speak. Yes, right. <laughs> Because I do not want an ending and I don't assume there's going to be an ending where all three siblings are sitting in a room and they're happy. Right. And they've sort of come through this as better people, as people who love each other more, and as people who are looking out into their future with a positive light because now they are usurping their father as empathetic figures in society and seeing that as a just seeing altruism as not weakness seeing altruism as not losing becoming those people i think that's a worse ending than kendall sitting alone in a room crying that is worse another ending that i'm pondering now that i would like is if we maintain the cutthroat he fucks over his siblings he fucks over jerry and Frank and just everybody in order to win and then doesn't anyways. And Matson fucks him regardless. Matson overtakes the company. Kendall is still alone, has nothing. The Sibs are not alone, but they don't have anything, but they still have each other. I yeah. Like that's even a step and, and like Kendall crawling back to them and asking their forgiveness. And then declining. Like Kendall just needs to end alone. I think that's I think that's the path that he needs to go on. The next episode, episode five's entitled Kill List which is intense. True. Especially after what just happened. (laughs) Yeah. The one after that is entitled Living Plus. I don't know what that means. And we haven't gotten the titles for the rest of it. But uh, next week's episode is halfway through the season. So we are chugging along here, both in this show and uh, this HBO Boys podcast, uh, which, by the way, we're doing Ted Lasso at the same time. 
So if you are watching that show's final season, please go watch that over there. Uh, Perry Mason's finale is next week. I'm excited for that as no one else is in the world. I think I'm the only one watching it. Yeah, but they have one viewer and it's you. And it's me. Uh, actually, two. I'm sorry, because you watch it from your TV and your phone at the same time. To That's pump up right. The viewership, hoping that other people will, f- will yeah, watch the show. Yeah, I'm really trying to pump up those numbies. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Like, so when you got to the end of this episode, uh, were you like, you're you're still on board for, yep, very good show. I think what I'm I'm getting at is this this episode, I'm not sure will be, it will definitely not be as memorable as last episode, but it's still great. I think the ending of the episode in particular, and then in retrospect, they open with Hugo talking about the insider trading shenanigans. So I feel like that's gonna that's an important piece that we need to be paying attention to. Obviously, Kendall use is gonna use it as blackmail, but I feel like uh, during the episode it was obviously not as crazy as the last week's episode. So it was is not as attention grabbing, I guess you could say. But Kendall's portion at the end, uh, you know, you can't you fool me once, shame on whomever the George yeah. Bush quote, yeah. right? He Kendall has been in this position before, so the wise me is going. Don't believe it. He's going to fuck it up again. He's a fuck up. All these siblings are fucks, fucked up. They're going to lose everything. That's how the show's going to end. But when in the moment when he asks Hugo if he should get the butt, or the strap on, uh, I was like, oh, please. Just like not even Kendall's redemption arc. Like I just want like burn the world. Burn it all to the ground. Like that's I, I would like to see that in particular. But realistically, the four kind of endings or three or four endings that we laid out are all good endings none of them are terrible the one where the siblings are together and they're happy i think is the weakest for sure um but at this point the the land the plane conversation has become like about a matter of like turbulence like is it going to be a bumpy landing or is it going to be a soft landing because they're going to land i'm I'm confident they're going to land it i'm i'm very much looking forward uh to how they end up ending this and there's so much that needs to happen in five episodes but if it's 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 kind of strange that we're halfway through the final season though, and like this kind of twist is occurring because there there is there is some nervousness around something like that happening and being like, oh, I hope you can end this. <laughs> Two more things I want to talk about right before we go is one, uh, Marcia to Willa, uh, look how far you come, and then Willa back to Marcia. Well, look at us both. Like <laughs> Willa being the only one who uh, decides to put Marcia in her fucking place. Hell yeah. Good for her. More power to her. And then Tom talking about the way that Logan died. Quote, he died fishing his iPhone from a clogged toilet. Uncloak. Unquote. Which <laughs> that's fucking uncloaked, baby. And that's right. brutal. But also, you know, was he listening to Kendall's voicemail when he died? Ooh, yeah, true. True. <sighs> it's it's tough because it and for Tom's sake, it's. It's almost hard to watch, too, because he spent so much time sucking up to Logan and getting into the position he's in. And he didn't realize during that process that he you know, he, he put all his chips on one horse and it was the oldest horse. Yeah, <laughs> so like, it was a very old horse. He's just like lashing out to anyone and anyone he can. He's like, yeah, he died like a piece of shit, right? Logan, <laughs> Logan sucked, right? And everyone's like, dude, this is hey. his wake. <laughs> hey, man, calm down. The episode ends as we do now. Uh, Ken has a smile on his face and uh, I said out loud, oh, we're cooking. We're cooking here, baby. He's heating up. Things are heating up. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Succession Cast brought to you by your local HBO boys. 
If you want to support us, uh, you can give a dollar a month to get extra content at patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. You get an extra podcast every week for a dollar. How dare you not do it? Okay. Anyway, that's me being assertive. You'd be losing money if you didn't buy it. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? you you're not coming up with a new thing to say. And, I'm going to say it every week it's so until aggr- I have a permanent position here. It's so aggressively <laughs> lazy. Ha <laughs> ha.